in the backwoods of America. We have climbed the highest mountains, searched the densest forest, dragged the swamps, and scoured the prairies to find our leader, retired U.S. Marine gunny, Bud Cornwell. Great Patriots of America, this is the Gunny, and you're on the Patriot Cause. I join a wonderful Patriot in Alabama. Her name is Donna Fazell on her TV show and soon-to-be podcast. So take a great listen to our conversations talking about whatever comes to mind. Good afternoon. My name is Donna Fiesel, and I'm your host of Donna's Edge on IC Radio, your source for news and entertainment. You may also find us on television, channel 182 on Charter Communications, Abundance Television, which is found on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire, podcast soon, November 1. I can hardly wait. As a matter of fact, I have with us right now Bud Cornwell, and he's, it goes by Gunny, and the re, there's a reason he does that. First of all, I wanted to say definitely appreciate your service, and we'd like to Good say man. this to all the military. We're very pro-military, um, pro-law enforcement at this station as well, as far as my show as well. So it's so good to have you. You um, also have a podcast. You're a talk show host. Tell us about you, Gunny. Oh, absolutely. I was raised in Louisiana, so I live here in Alabama just down the road from Donna. And it's just amazing how we got connected. So I grew up in Louisiana. My dad and my grandfather both were born in Bessemer, Alabama, in the same house back uh-huh. in the day. You know, we're going to talk about how long ago that was. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, <laughs> gotcha. and I just found out about that after I moved to Alabama. I live uh, basically north of Birmingham. And mm-hmm. it was just interesting story. My mom came by to visit and she started saying, oh, by the way, your dad was born in Bessemer. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, but this is kind of how I started. I was, my dad was in the oil, oil field and I eventually joined the Marine Corps right out of high school. Nobody in my family was ever in the Marine Corps. Uh, my great, great grandfather was in the Navy when they had wooden ships. <laughs> it's just interesting Whoa. how you trace your family back and we're uh-huh. all military all the way back, all the way back to Dublin, Ireland, where we came from. So I was. I'm proud to be in the service. I'm, I've been. The, I'm the only Marine that I know of, other than my son, that was in the Marine Corps in my family. So I enjoyed the 20 years I spent in the Corps. Matter of fact, I, I miss. A, I miss it a lot because it's a. It's kind of like a big family. Uh-huh. It's a, a family of dangerous people, as I call it. <laughs> but you got to be. You got to be kind of seen out to a certain point to be able to do what the military does. So. I fit right in, if you know what I mean. I call but it now having I live guts. A, I call it having guts, Gunny. Oh, absolutely. At, oh, patriot. I'm 100% patriot. I love this country and everything about it, except for today's politics today is just yeah. really tearing it up. But I love this country. I love what I'm doing. I, um, I, My wife and I go to church all the time. We pray all the time. We have great neighbors, great friends. And uh, if you're 
ever thought about wanting to move someplace other than where you're at, especially if you're listening to LA or New York, <laughs> Alabama's a good place to come, but just make sure you got your head, your head on right before you come over here because uh, don't bring you know, we, crazy liberal ideas here. We don't absolutely want not. Absolutely not. We, we love people here and it doesn't matter who they are. Obviously, if they're a little bit on the liberal side, we try to correct them, you know what I mean, help them out. In a nice little sweet tea way. <laughs> Absolutely. We give them as much sweet tea as they can handle and drink. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. So, so I love being here. And my wife, uh, Linda, is wonderful to me. I got two kids, uh, a daughter and lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, and a son that lives in Mountain City. Oh, my City. Charlotte, North Carolina. We yeah. lived there a long time. I know. That's what I was going to say. I know you were there. She's an architect in Charlotte. And my son has a master's degree, uh, MBA, but he is a top secret software programmer for Ooh. the Department of Defense. And he actually lives in Tennessee, but he drives every week to D.C. area and back. So it's okay. kind of funny how he does that, but... Uh, six grandkids, one grandchild with the Cornwell name. Finally, the last one that was oh, born. Uh -huh. So my name's going to carry on, which I think is awesome. So, you know, Gunny, you've been to be here. Well, we're we're really glad to have you here. I feel really honored that you'd come on my show. You've been talking a lot about the history of your family, and it's really important. I mean, we've got a lot of history here. I'm living on the farm mm -hmm. my granddad bought back in the '30s. Paid it yes. off in two years, by the way. Set itself a goal. Paid $5,000 for 38 acres. Ooh. Ooh, that was a lot of money back then. That's, lot, that's what I was going to say. That's a lot of money in 1932. <laughs> People get used to get paid with pennies, if you know what I'm talking about. And they bartered a lot. I mean, you know, like, because uh, he said there was a farmer just right down the road that was real good at growing corn. And my granddad was really good at growing peanuts. That was his specialty. So they just do some swap out sometimes. You know, just That's what we did in Louisiana. That, you know, we mm -hmm. used to go hunting and fishing a lot, so we'd catch a lot of fish, and we trade fish for flour or vegetables. Or mm -hmm. that's just how life was in the South back then. That's smart. Now, it's not. It's not as much now. There is a lot of trading like that in the churches and stuff now, but mm -hmm. it's not nearly as common as it used to be. We may get back to that again if we don't learn mm -hmm. history. Exactly. You know, history is extremely important. You know, yes, why, why would, in, in your opinion, why is it so important? We know the history of the United States. Now it started. It's a great question. And there's so many people that have different answers to that. And I respect all the, the ideas of it, you know. But I want you to imagine this. Everybody grew up as a child, right? And you mm -hmm. were raised by either good parents, bad parents, or whatever. Well, as you're being raised and you come up, believe it or not, your parents remind you about some of the bad things that you do to keep you from doing it again. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's what history is. You know, we concentrate and we should concentrate on a lot of good things that have happened, but we've done some bad things in our country and understandable, but we learn from those things to make the country better. Now, the question I have is, the foundation of our country is what's most important. How can you live somewhere if you just don't have a, the right foundation as the, as the culture and everybody else has it? So they're taking that piece out 
where these young kids, college kids, they don't have a, a root anymore. They're not attached to America. They're not attached mm -hmm. to their families, especially if it's a liberal that came from a conservative family. There's a big separation, I know, because my daughter's a bleeding heart liberal. So, mm -hmm. And history is so important for us to keep our country together with the same vision, the same things that have been going on for almost 255 years. And we just got to remember that history is very important. Mm -hmm. it, it's really important in our own lives. You know, you just mentioned, you know, you have a grandchild coming on. He's going to be taking that Cornwell name. My right. son was in the same situation. Um, so he was the only one carrying on the family name. And that was just a huge thing um, for the whole family, you know, that he was that that he is. He's the one. But but there's more there, there's more to that though there are traits that we can carry on um I, don't know, I love gardening i when i was living in charlotte north carolina um we were living in a cul-de-sac very few houses around but we had homeowners associations who would guard everything you did if you planted anything like a vegetable it had to be in the backyard couldn't be anywhere in the front yard if they saw a little peak of a tomato you'd get a you know letter Absolutely. about it yeah yep. but it's but there was something inside me that wanted to plant. Uh, I wanted to, it's just in, it was in my DNA, it was in my blood. And so now, and it's so funny how I, we're beekeepers now. And now I'm finding out, I didn't know this. My great grandfather was a beekeeper. Really? And yeah. And then my grandmother was a beekeeper. And I, I remembered my grandmother being one, but I didn't know about my great grandfather. So my mother said, well, it's in your DNA. You know, you must be. be a beekeeper. Must be. I was a young kid I met in, in Texas when I was part of the, uh, uh, I went to a, a uh, shooting course, concealed carry, all that stuff with the Patriot Academy. That's what it was called. Uh -huh. And this kid was 14 years old and he had his own business, his own license, everything. And guess what he did? Honey. He was a beekeeper. <sighs> He's 14. He's very successful. I mean, he's he's famous honey in uh, that area, you know, Fredericksburg, Texas. And I was just going, uh -huh. wow, this is awesome. It's really Bee awesome. Keeper. And you can learn a lot from God's little nature bees out there. You sure. know, um, they I'm going to tell you what they stick together. They are a, a, they're called the colony for a reason. Yep. They, they are. They stick together through even through death. I mean, if one will lose its life knowing if it stings you, it's going to lose its life. But it'll do that to save the whole colony. You know, we used to have, Amer kind of funny? Used to have Americans like that. That's what I was going to say. Isn't it funny how we used to be colonies, right? And as these people were coming across to join these colonies, they all had to support each other in the wintertime mm -hmm. and feed each other. I mean, this only way to survive. And then when we become states, what happens? What happened? Why did we, you know, separate from each other? Now you got states fighting each other, you know, mm -hmm. over the years. So you're right. We should be colonies again. <laughs> I think we can do it again. I, we, we need the, the best mindset. I wanted to ask you, and I was a guest on your show, and I think I probably got into this just a little bit, but you know, we hear a lot about, you know, the, you know, electricity is going to go away. There's going to be, you know, some giant something that'll happen. 
I, I don't know. I kind of disagree with that because if you have electricity, you have the internet, you have the mm. television set, you have a way that you can can get in somebody's head and have them believing a sound bite the way it right. is now. The best thing that could happen to us, and it, it would be very inconvenient. I'll tell you, I like being able to do this for a light switch and that, you know, sure. to have lights. But it might be the best thing that could ever happen to us if it did. Because think about this. People would start getting together again. They would start talking. They would start talking about, you know, something. I, I'm not so sure those liberals knew what they were talking about. I was a liberal myself, but I just don't think they knew what. And, and people would start getting together. They would start coming up with ideas. They would start yep. uniting again. Because the great divider. The great divider is politics, and I hate to say this, but the television set, the media. Absolutely, absolutely. It's um, I spend very little time watching TV now, and if I do watch TV, it's usually like a documentary or something. I don't spend any time. Um, I guess the best way to look at it is: remember the days when you used to read books? You'd come oh, home yeah. from school, and instead of turning the TV on, you'd jump in in your Tom Sawyer or whatever you were reading, uh, especially when I was going to school, we had to do book reports. Oh, we did too. Right? So you had to use your imagination when you're doing that. Well, TV takes a lot of that out of there because it's putting in what they want you to see as whatever the action is. So your imagination is is evaporated from, from the get-go. You know, now you think about when you're reading a book, you're going, oh, this is getting excited. And you're going, oh, no, what's going to happen? And you don't want to put it down. <laughs> TV is sort of kind of like that because you can't wait if they're going to catch the killer and all that. So it has that aspect to it. But I think it's it's very time consuming. It's very, very time consuming. Unless you're, unless you're specifically using that device to get some type of education or educated. So, for instance, I used I watched a series not too long ago on I know the old grubby gunny on the death, you know the uh, what they call them serial killers mm -hmm. and what all these different famous serial killers and how they acted and you know what they did and who they killed and, mm -hmm. and I, I think we watched the same thing. <laughs> it's pretty. It was some pretty gory <laughs> stuff, and I'm just going. But see, it's interesting because it's knowledge that I don't know. And it's very structured type uh, entertainment. Mm -hmm. And it's not like a, uh, you know, like a horror movie or something. You know, mm -hmm. you just, you, you're pulling all that stuff in. And it really works good on, on your mind because it gets you thinking about how can a person do such a thing? What I think that's part of the what, way we used to communicate. Remember when you were in school and you had the little groups? You're talking back and forth, you know, during recess and stuff, and you're going, but you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're crazy, blah, blah. And then, you know, but those ideas kept flowing around. Then every once in a while, you'd come up with something good and they'd go, oh, yeah, you know, and they'd be starting listening to you. And I miss those days. I really do. And that's what I kind of like being in the Marine Corps because you're never, pretty much never alone unless you were sleeping. You're always around a whole bunch of Marines, so you're always picking on each other or talking about this or talking about that. Very, very seldom did we talk about politics. Very seldom. 
Well, let me ask you a question. You guys pick on each other, you know, and I know a bunch Mm -hmm. of Marines. They'll always pick on each other. I mean, it's just where I I do the toys for tots, you know, Marine toys for tots. And, but, but there, you guys didn't get your feelings hurt. I mean, I mean, you know, it's just like, you know, and and I have friends like that that I've had for years. We'll just say whatever to each other and it, and it never hurts anybody's feelings. But, Mm -hmm. but now we find ourselves, we're, we're in a world now where, Man, you could say the wrong thing, and somebody cannot actually sue you because of something you've said. That's crazy. That's really mm-hmm. crazy. Now I can understand if you're going to go if you say I'm going to kill you and mean it. That's different. Well, sure. right? That's not what we're talking. That's <laughs> threatening somebody's life. That's all different. But like you're uh-huh. talking about, you know, joking or whatever, or or even telling them the truth. You know, uh, I used to tell Marines all the time how weak they were. I said, "You're weak, man. You don't know." how weak you are. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm a Marine. Yeah. You, you wearing a uniform, but inside of you, you're about as weak as you can get. And of course, some of those kids that just, it would upset them, but I had to get them to realize if you're going to be a Marine, you need to be a Marine, not just wear the uniform, you know? So it's all. Yeah. There's more to it than that. And you probably, you, you put some thinking into their mind. They probably started thinking about that. They ticked off at you, of course, and probably said mumbling things, you know, behind your back. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. But when they got back to the barracks, they probably got to thinking about that. You know what? I don't want to be weak. What have I got to do to be better? I'm not seeing much of that ambition anymore. What do you think is in the grand scheme of things? The reason people won't tell the truth anymore, the, the reason people get their feelings hurt all the time, I mean, some of these things are just kind of adding up. It seems like we're going, it's meant to be a particular direction for people to be weak, to have no ambition. What's what's behind all of that, in your opinion? That's the, the issue is, is the people's uh, communication mindset ha- has been changed. Great example. In the 80s. You used to go to the doctor's office or the dentist's office or go to the bank. And you had discussions with everybody that was around you. If you were sitting in the waiting room, you just started talking to each other. It didn't matter where you came from, what politics you had. You just talk about anything under the sun. And it was a habit. A lot mm-hmm. of people did that. You very, very few people would just go in there if they were reading a book or something. But now today it's the exact opposite. Exact opposite. I remember going into the VA uh, for an appointment in Birmingham and the waiting room where we were at was virtually packed. And virtually every seat was full of somebody. Mm -hmm. And it was like crickets. If it wasn't for the TV, there'd be no noise. Nobody was talking. Nobody was communicating. They were all on their phone or computer. So we're, we're, we're in an issue where, like you're saying, a lot of people are just afraid to have conversations because they don't want to upset somebody, if that's the word you're going to use. Mm-hmm. And there was this veteran that I already know has some issues, older guy. He, he was actually in a walker. And his wife was sitting right next to him. And he said, I, I'd like to, I need a cup of coffee. And his wife just repeated the question, you need a cup of coffee? And the guy looked at her right in the eyes and said, did I stutter? 
Mm. And I said, nope, I ain't letting this happen. <laughs> so I got up and I just quietly approached the guy. I says, I'm sorry, sir, but there's no reason to treat a person like that. She's trying to help you and get you what you want. And she just wanted to make sure of what you asked. And he because said, get he out seemed of my like face. the kind of guy she told if she brought the wrong thing, he'd get upset about that. So she was just making exactly. sure. <laughs> exactly. He he told me, uh, I think you need to get out of my face. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. I know he got the point. I didn't care if he wanted to keep discussing it or not. So I went back and sat mm -hmm. down. But people are afraid of that kind of stuff. I'm not. I'm not because I, I did something that a lot of people don't understand. I actually loved that man. And they're like, what are you talking about? That's the right thing to do. That's how you love people by helping them to understand that being evil and mean to people is not right. Mm -hmm. That's how, that's how I was raised. And it's just so sad to see people just won't get involved in a lot of this abusive cases and stuff like that. And then why? Again, it's like, you know what? I don't want to have nothing to do with this. I don't want to be part of it. So they just go in their little snail. You know, I'm in my own bubble. I, I wouldn't doubt that a lot of people, you could have a, bu a building right behind their house burning down. They wouldn't even know what's happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I think that's part of the agenda, though. You keep people yeah. from you keep people from sharing ideas. You keep people from let's make it better. Yeah, it, that, that, that's I think that's the whole agenda, and and we've been given we've been given this in small doses, and after a while it just starts imploding, and before you know it, nobody's talking. Um, I, I remember, and this is when the mask mandate was going on. Mm -hmm. I, I have first of all, I can't wear a mask. It's I have mm -hmm. asthma. I smother. I, I just can't wear one, and I remember. <laughs> passing people in cars by themselves with a mask on. And, and, and you were just like, you just want to like take them out of the car and hug them and say, it's going to be okay. Really? Of course they would fight you off because you didn't have a mask on, but, but people were so afraid. I, I don't know. It, it, it hurts my heart to see people afraid. I just, I, yes. I don't like seeing that. I, I want to see people free, you know, where they can enjoy life. And we went to the, of course, we went to San Antonio, Texas a few weeks ago. And this is when the, one of the airlines said, we're going to start mandating the mask. Well, that didn't work. That didn't pan out. Mm -hmm. So I told one of my friends who's an attorney, I said, no, look, you know, I can't wear a mask. Am I going to have to cancel this trip? And he said, no, that's not going to stick this time. He said, you go on your trip and you have fun. I think the whole Atlanta airport, I may have seen five people and it was crowded. Maybe five people. I don't think people are going to buy that anymore. No, absolutely. I remember going. If you've ever been to Colorado Springs Airport by any chance, mm -mm. I hope I pray you never have to go. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you, walk around there and you see what's in there. You just going. It's you know really <laughs> fantasy land, la la land. You know. So I'm getting ready to get on the airplane. I, I don't wear a mask at all. So I'm getting ready to get on the airplane. And as I'm approaching up to do the check, you know, where they put your boarding pass and everything, you scan it and everything. Well, I didn't have a mask on. So I scanned my badge and the lady said, you got to put a mask on that to board the plane. I didn't say a single word to her whatsoever. I just looked at her and I give her those eyes, that look, <laughs> that make me look. Uh huh. And she said, make have me. a nice trip. Have a nice trip, <laughs> Mr. Cornwell. <laughs> 
I'm yeah, out wearing my got Marine this. hat. I was wearing my Marine hat too. But oh, I was like, I don't mess I with me. No, I won't tolerate <laughs> it. The thing about it is, I don't have to say a word. All I got to do is look at them. And the reason is, I know how to make that kind of look because I spent 20 years doing it with Marines. Uh -huh. You'll give them that, I'm going to kill you look. Uh -huh. you know, and they go, oh, okay. So she was what, just really intimidating with that. We're going to have the show is already over. We're going to have to go into a commercial break, but, but let's talk when we get back, let's talk mm -hmm. about how important it is to look people in the eyes because they're trying to keep you from doing that too. Absolutely. Looking in the eyes. Yeah. I don't care what language you speak. You can look at somebody in the eyes. They'll pretty much well get the message. <laughs> well, look at it. When I, when I really want to stress something, I lean forward, even on the camera. So people can see my eyes. That's how important it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can. Let's go into a commercial break. We're going to be right back in just a minute. Everybody hang you in bet. there. Just walk down the street to the coffee shop. Had to take a break. I'd been by her side for 18 hours straight Saw a flower growing in the middle of the sidewalk Pushing up through the concrete Like it was planted right there for me to see The flashing lights, the honking horns all seemed to fade away And the shadow of that hospital at 508 I saw God today I've been to church I've read the book I know he's here But I don't look Near as often as I should Yeah, I know I should His fingerprints are everywhere I just slowed down to stop and stare Open my eyes and man, I swear I saw God today Saw a couple walking by They were holding hands Man, she had that glow Yeah, I couldn't help but notice She was starting to show Stood there for a minute Taking in the sky Lost in that sunset a splash of amber melted in the shades of red I've been to church, I've read the book I know he's here, but I don't look Near as often as I should Yeah, I know I should His fingerprints are everywhere I just slowed down to stop and stare Open my eyes and man Got my face pressed up against the nursery glass She's sleeping like a rock My name on her wrist Wearing tiny pink socks She's got my nose She's got her mama's eyes My brand new baby girl She's a miracle I saw God today 
Okay, we are back. My name is Donna, and I'm your host of Donna's Edge on IC Radio and Christ Radio, your source for news and entertainment. You can also find us on television, channel 182 on Charter Communications, Abundance Television, which is syndicated, found on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire. I am so excited about this new podcast coming out. Gunny, what do you think about the podcast? Are you excited? Oh, absolutely. I have... Uh... I don't know how many, probably about 10, 10 or 12 dozen of them that are like awesome from different perspectives mm -hmm. across. The thing about a podcast compared to watching it on TV or whatever, right? Do you remember we talked about reading books, right? Mm -hmm. Podcasts are similar to that. You're listening. You can't really see anything. So as you're going through that process, your imagination is going like, you know, what's he going to say next? Or you know, what are they going to do next? Those kind of things. And if you're on the podcast, that's even better because then it's mm -hmm. like, okay, what do I talk about? And then you start talking about stuff and it just flows and you get used to mm -hmm. it and it becomes an adventure. Doing a podcast mm -hmm. as a guest is an absolute thrill to me. It's an adventure because I just I feel mm -hmm. like I have somebody that wants to listen to what I have to say. So I'm glad to People be here. are looking Absolutely. for truth now, Gunny. People yes. are tired of the same old, same old story. It's, it's just like, you know, I watched the liberal news. I'm just going to hear. Basically, what they do is they apparently send the same, I don't know, diagram out to everybody. They all get the same piece of paper that says the same stuff. So why would I want to listen to any of the shows? I mean, they're all going to say the same thing anyway. Right. But I want you to think about one other thing. You're, you're leading up to imagination, people not using their imagination. Remember the old movies, the old scary movies back from the 1950s were not mm -hmm. near as graphic as what you see now. So we were, there's a, there's a Sven Gulli, this guy is on yep. channel 54. I, I love who he is, yep. He shows a lot of the old movies. And I told Phil the, the, the one with Abbott and Costello was on this weekend. And it had, you know, the Frankenstein and Dracula and all that. And I yeah. said, look, Phil, no blood and guts. This still scares me more than the blood and guts movies. <laughs> because I can use my imagination and yeah, I imagine actually more than the movie. I love those old movies. I, I love the old whodunits that are not yeah. showing everybody hopping in the bed together. That are not showing at least something to our imagination. They're trying to take our imagination away, go gunny. I, I mean, that's what they're trying to do. Where you can't think for yourself. Yeah. I grew up in Louisiana. And of course, southern Louisiana, there were swamps all over. I, mm -hmm. I lived in the swamps. I mean, it's just what we did. Alligator mm -hmm. hunted and, you know, camping in the swamps. And then this movie comes out. Well, it was already out. But the first time I seen it, you know, probably maybe teenage days, maybe younger. The Swamp Thing. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that movie. Yes, oh, I remember my. it. God, I I didn't want to go in a swamp for months. I was like, I was so scared of going in the swamp because just because of that movie, the swamp thing. And it was back in, you know, black and white back in the 50s and so uh -huh. forth. So, just going. so I can definitely understand uh -huh. how, how uh, the impact of that stuff back then. Do you know that they make really, really gory movies now that doesn't even affect these kids? I, I know it's, it's, it's like a natural, like natural thing to, you know, remember the Halloween it, movies like, and stuff like that. You know, that was some gory stuff. And that was, I, I even, I felt that. And I was just like, you know, the uh, Texas mm -hmm. chainsaw massacre, all that. 
I was just thinking about you know, that one. Yep. So the th what you're saying is is correct. We are being filled with so much negative information. Um, it's like beating down a dog or even beating down a kid. You know how they're what they're doing is they're just putting their pounding in their head all of this bad stuff just over and over and over again. And what that does is it elevates them. It elevates their power and their ability to control the population. So if you dumb down, that's the best word I've heard of yet so far, dumb down the society, you can have a lot better control over. If you went back 20 years ago and said, okay, the U.S. government is going to mandate a vaccine. Everybody's going to have to take this vaccine, whether you want to or not. And, you know, even the flu. Oh, my God. They would have had a hard time just 20, 30 that years ago. Have, yes. They were like, mm -hmm. oh, it ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. But then this scare tactics kept building up and everything that's going on. And then this virus comes out mm -hmm. and just absolutely floored the world into this deep, dark fear that I'm going to die. And I, I got to do something to keep from dying, you know, and mm -hmm. it's just, it's sad. It is. And, and think about this. I, I got tickled at Trump. Trump called it what the rest of us were thinking. He called it the China virus. He said, this is the yeah. China virus. And people yeah. just went nuts on him. You know, like, like he was just, you know, you're just, you're just not presidential. You're just not, you know, and, and he's sitting here and we're all sitting here scratching our head. Well, well, it is the China virus. It's where it came from. So why can't we say it's the China virus? I mean, it's unreal. But I want to, and we're talking about imagination. I feel like we're really leading into this. And I think there's a reason for it. So think about this. Okay. The video games that are out. Okay. Mm -hmm. So kids are, are, they're home. They're sitting here, not only watching television, but they have this thing in their ears. They're watching these slasher video games instead mm -hmm. of going outside getting exercise and being healthy. So not only are they trying to, trying to take that brain away from you, they're also trying to take your health away from you because you're not getting the exercise you need. Remember what we used to do? You used to run around the swamps and all that kind of stuff. We used to do the same thing outside. We would have to Absolutely. be made to brought back in. We wanted to be outside. So I'm going to write a book. I've been saying it for years, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> I have all the information. I just got to just start doing it. And the name of the book is going to be Nature Was Our Playground. And there's a reason behind that. I had five brothers and a sister within 11 years apart. Mm -hmm. Using your imagination, talking about imagination. Can you imagine what we thought of? All the different things that we thought of and came up with. Let me just give you one of them. Just to give you an idea, when you talk about imagination, my dad had bought a used riding lawnmower that didn't have a motor on it. It's back, you know, 60s model, the old, you know, yeah. single handlebar thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there was four of us, myself and three other brothers. And we lived on the Mississippi River where they had the levees. We mm -hmm. took that lawnmower up to the top of the levee. <laughs> And decided all of us is going to get on it and we're going to ride it down like a roller coaster. Now, we're all teenagers or just under teenage years. And we all don't have the reason to think about what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> so we're getting on this thing and we're flying down there. We're like, woo, 
was good to go. And then the barbed wire fence pops up, right? And we went right through that barbed wire fence. So people are like, what? I says, yep. Every one of us got all cut up and, you know, we're all running home, bleeding, and mom had to patch us up and, you know, but we got over that and went off and done more stupid things. But we enjoyed life. And I think, personally, I think, I have a oh, much Phil better life. Phone. That I okay, have, I'm sorry. I, that's okay. I have a much better life because of those experiences. And... I was a lot more mature by the time I was 18 because I had seen a lot of stuff, a lot of, you know, injuries and, you know, yeah, exactly. I was actually ready to take on the world. Yes. I couldn't wait to get out on my own so I could take on the world. But now you have kids who, I mean, I would have died living in the basement of my parents' house. I would have hated that. But but now it's, it's a natural thing where you you live in the basement of your parents' house. It's I like there's no ambition. Yeah, I was glad I didn't go to college after high school. Mm -hmm. I went to college. I started college about six, seven years within the Marine Corps time frame. So I wasn't mm -hmm. on a campus. I was in like these little mini buildings on base, right? So I just mm -hmm. went to classes. I wasn't associated with any kind of campus life or partying or any of that stuff. I just went, mm -hmm. got the knowledge, got my degree, and off I went. That's how you get a college degree. You know, you. I, you mean you I didn't really have a bunch of college debt? No college debt. No, never had. <laughs> never had. I never even had to get one loan. Now the Marine uh -huh. Corps paid for seventy-five percent of my tuition, which I, you know, I was glad for that. I had to pay mm -hmm. for my books or whatever, but you know, mm -hmm. I was responsible enough back then where I didn't have to get loans to pay for all this. I had, mm -hmm. you know, enough savings and all that. Again, learn from the past, right? And you know something, if, just, something is, if something is given to you, you're not going to take as good a, no. I'm, I want to use it for an example. Okay, my parents said, you want a car, you got to go buy it yourself. Yep. And it was a used car. It was not a brand new car. Well, I had cousins and people who were, their parents were getting them brand new cars. They had... In the long run, they had many more dents on their cars than I had on mine. I had to pay for it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I took care of it. I took care of it. That was my car. My wife and I, we didn't have a new car until the late 80s. Mm -hmm. We always had used cars. We bought used cars. Well, we you lose so much money driving it off the lot. Well, that, we couldn't afford it back then. You know, when we were in our young 20s and so forth. But these kids, they'll go out and, and buy these thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar vehicles and pay eight, nine years on it. You know, and it's just it's absolutely atrocious what these kids do. And the thing about it is I get the new car idea because it's, you know, you're not gonna worry about it hopefully breaking down as much and so forth. I understand that whole concept because you you can get a bad used car and it's going to cost you more mm -hmm. in certain circumstances, right? But um, if you know people, again, goes back to communicating, living in a community. If you live in the city, the big city, you probably don't know 90% of the retail or the wholesale car dealers there. Mm -hmm. But when I was growing up in Louisiana, we all went to school with 
my dad's car salesman and you know, that kind uh -huh. of stuff. So you had relationships and you knew right away. People say, no, no, don't go see him. man. he's, he's bad, <laughs> bad dude. Don't go buy a car from him. So, but a lot of that is not being portrayed by people today. They're just, they're accepting it. It's, you know, they buy a car, breaks down after two years. Oh, you know, it's going to happen. No, it's probably happened because the guy you bought it from probably didn't do a single inspection on it to figure out what was going mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. They sold it as is, you know, mm -hmm. so it's just different world. Oh, it, it is. But let me, I have a friend who is a security specialist. He's been a guest on my show since, since, um, since I started it back in 2005. And so he was on the show yesterday. We were doing a taping and he won't buy a new car. And this is why he won't buy. He's got the money. He won't mm -hmm. buy a new car. I said, well, why not? He's a security specialist. Get this. Okay. He is, has been a security specialist. Like when movie stars come into town. He has to be a security officer, you know, all kinds of folks like rich people, whatever. And um, he said, no, think about all the gadgets they put in new cars now so they can trace you. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, a. <laughs> and you can't repair that's them. A, that's, he he that's, wants an older yeah. car that you don't yeah. have to take it to a mechanic and put it on a computer. That's how old yeah. he wants to drive a car. I, I can talk about what you just said about, you know, monitoring all that stuff for hours. There's just so much of it that's going on that people don't, don't realize it. Here's my favorite one. You know, iPhone and Android, there's a ability where you can go in there and turn off the location finder and all that stuff. Mm -hmm, that's right. Well, mm -hmm. these people are in their mind, they're thinking, Oh, I just turned my phone off where they can't find it. No, <laughs> no. It's always on. They know exactly where that phone is all the time. Great example real quick here is this guy killed his wife, took her phone with him. He left Florida, to, basically to the mouth near Miami, and drove all the way to New Mexico. And the cops was able to follow him by cell phone signal connection. His ping. wife's phone. They call it a ping. Phone. Right. Uh -huh. He was carrying both of those phones. How dumb. Yeah. And it's just like, what an idiot. And of course, they just <laughs> followed it. And then eventually they caught up with him. And eventually, I would have loved to have been that cop. Oh, I yes. would have loved to have been that cop. I would have said, come to mama. <laughs> there's, there's only one way to keep somebody from following the phone, no matter who it is, is if you turn it off. That's it. Uh -huh. I mean, off, power it off, take the battery out, whatever, <laughs> or don't well, have you know, this, one. <laughs> this um, signal that was supposed to reach all of our phones uh, just a few days ago. Somebody asked me if I was going to do that. And uh, I said, no, uh, I mean, I, I just left my phone on. I was expecting World War III to break out. That's what I thought it was going to be. But, but I, I didn't think about anything else. And so they said, well, I'm going to turn mine off. And I said, yeah, but as soon as you turn it back on, the signal that it's been sent to your phone. The second you right. turn it back on again, the signal's going to go through. It. I and I know that. this because we used to be in the cell phone business a long time ago. And so, and I, I know a lot of folks now who are not carrying the iPhones. They're not taking the Android or the Apple. They're going back to the flip phone. And you can do that as long as it's a digital 
um, because you know back in the old days there were analog phones, mm -hmm. so analog yes. versus digital. In a lot I of ways, I the analog better. sounds kind of funny, but I'd love to go back to the phone on the wall thing and no cell phone because the only way I could get people to leave me alone is get away from my phone. <laughs> but then you want to grab it, right? You want to do the right. tweeting and all that. So, uh huh. But. There's, there's going to be a day, Donna, I'm telling you right now, there will be a day where Bud's going to be sitting in the backyard and no electronics are on, no computer, no TV, no nothing. There will be a day. <laughs> I think we're going to go back to the day of the CB radio. Oh, interesting. A lot of people are talking about that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I used to have too. one. I need to get another one. I really do. I want to get one. How far can they go out? Like if, if I have one here in Alabama, could I talk to somebody in North Carolina? It depends on the model and how the, how the size of the antenna. There's a lot that's involved with it. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go the other route, the ham radio route, that's different. You can reach people across the ocean, that kind of thing. Oh, you know, maybe the ham radio would be this. Oh, yeah. I was mm -hmm. uh, aviation electronics in the Marine Corps, and I used to work on radios that – I had uh -huh. one sitting in my in my uh, workshop, and it was a UHF ultra high frequency radio, and we used to test it to make sure it was working right by calling Marines in Okinawa from California, oh, and we would talk back and forth to make sure the power, you know, we'd get enough signal and they can hear us. And oh yeah, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people talking to other people in different countries here. A lot of ham radio talkers. Mm -hmm. They talk all over the world. You know, Gunny, we may need to think about that. All of us folks yeah. on the newscasters, we might want to think about that because our voices are trying to stop us because yeah. we want to tell the truth. We want to tell what, because I'm going to say, I'm not just anti-Democrat. I'm an anti a bunch of Republicans as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm against a bunch of them. So you can't silence me if I have the ham radio, can you? No, not unless you take it from you. Mm-hmm. That a lot of people are worried about this, but I'm telling you, they can't. It's impossible to silence us. Impossible. Even if they take away the internet or whatever. We're if it gets to a point, we're still gonna talk. We're still gonna get out in the streets. We're still gonna be, you know, at conferences and whatever. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna stop us from talking ever. That will never happen. There's only yeah. one way to do it. You gotta eliminate us. That's it. I hate to say it, but that's that's it. It never stops. If you're a patriot of this country, you are going to continue to talk and try to get our country back. There's no doubt. No I, I want to ask your opinion on something else. And okay. this is pertaining to President Trump. Um, they've tried everything. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like he's Teflon. I mean, it's like he just he, he goes right back into it. He's still attracting huge crowds that have not been able to stop him. Do you think murder's next? I think that's high, a high possibility. I hate to say that. I don't wish that on anybody. No, I don't Me care. Either. Worst enemy or whatever. This is not how you solve, you know, these politicians getting assassinated. Look what happened when they all got assassinated. Did it solve anything? Nothing. No. Not mm -hmm. a single thing. You just got people that are dead. And that's but what would happen here. I, I have a relative who's a little bit out there. And, uh, and she'll tell lies and all this kind of stuff. But in a lot of ways, if you want to kill somebody, I'd rather you just kill me with a gun than to tell lies on me. 
because I'm still That's alive true. and I've got to hear those and I've still got to fight them. That's correct. You know what I mean? They have told so many lies on this man. I mean, out and out lies. And they're always caught, and, but they can't seem to be stopped. I mean, uh, my you can issue, kill somebody more ways than with a gun, in other words. Oh, yeah. my Donna, here's my issue. I don't know. Maybe it's because of my age. Maybe I'm not educated enough. I don't have the psychology degrees or whatever. You don't have to have one. I, have common sense. Right. But. Yeah, to you know, but I still I, I don't understand how they think. I can't get it. I can't get what, in their head. What, I can't get what it. What makes you want to think that way? That's the hard that's the hardest part I'm dealing with when I do get people on the podcast and we start talking about this, and I'm going, I just don't know why they're like that. I don't what 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 is it? What is causing these people to hate this country. I'm not talking about religious people, different religions. That's not the point. I'm talking about everyday Americans in their brains absolutely hate this country. And, and just how in the world can you be the, you know, the person you are, college student, doing great, got great jobs or whatever, and you still hate the country that allowed you to get there? It, it I can't, I can't tell. I can't How can you go against Israel knowing mm -hmm. these thugs have cut the heads off of babies? Exactly. I mean, how? I mean, how can They're you brainwash? They're that? brainwashed. They're just brainwashed. These people are just absolutely brainwashed. And not only that, I hate to say it, but we have a whole lot more Palestinians in America than we had in the last 20 years. A lot more. And, and they're that's still coming. A lot through. of that, and a lot of those kids, Palestinian kids, are being accepted into our government or uh, uh, public colleges. And that's where a lot of that, you know, liberalism on Palestine is. Palestine is not a state, it was never created to be a state. It was actually a place that was named by the Romans. Mm -hmm. not, not a state, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. People, they called them Palestines. The Romans did. Mm -hmm. That's where it came from. They were never uh, a state. It was just a type and, of people. And they were considered an outcast. They were considered the dirties. Right. Yep. That's what they were considered. So let me ask you another question. We have about two minutes left in this segment. Do you believe there are possibly sitter cells within this country that are just waiting on the word to say go. Absolutely. They've been here for years. Absolutely. There is about 160 training camps for a certain Muslim group of people that are here. And uh, I'm convinced that a lot of those different training camps are connected with a lot of these different terror cells. Now, the reason I'm, and it sound kind of funny, the reason I'm confident about what I'm saying is because even the FBI is saying it. Even the FBI is agreeing and warning people to be cautious of these terrorists that are actually in our country. So I, I absolutely convinced of it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I wonder about certain things. I, I wonder about why you're seeing all these commercials on television about buying your house. <laughs> you know, you're seeing these, I, I get phone calls about it. You ready to sell your farm? You know, all those things. Right. I mean, right. Why? 
And well, first of all, using the scare tactic, you know, we're we're going to lose the country. We're going to be in the depression and all this kind of stuff. So people think, well, I'll go ahead and sell now while I can. And right. they're selling it for pennies of probably what it's worth. I don't know if I've ever talked to anybody, but it's just there's an overload of commercials. When I'm watching the Andy Griffith show, I don't even know how many's on there. I mean, you'll just see one after the other. We buy houses. You sell those commercials all the time, and you just have to mm -hmm. wonder who's behind Where? all of this. Where are you going to go? If you sell your house and your property, where are you going to go? You're going to have to buy one. I, here's what my son comes up with. this really good. Idea. He's a thinker. Okay. I raised him to think. So he said, you know, mom, what I see, he said, I think we'll probably be okay. We've got our house. We've got our townhouse. It's all paid for and all this kind of stuff. He said, but I'm thinking about all the young people that are coming in that won't be able to afford a house. They won't be able to pay for it. Eventually what they would like is everybody's renting. You don't own the house you're in. My daughter-in-law is from Russia. They never owned the house. They, they, the state owned all of the houses and you worked, you were a slave for the state. Mm. I think that's what they're after here. I do too. I do too. Gunny, Absolutely. one minute. What would you like to say to the folks before we go? Thank you very much, Donna, for being on the show. I love all of you, everybody listening. Uh, my sole purpose in life is to help people to learn, do things. I have the Patriot Cause podcast, or you can go to my website, thepatriotcause.com and look me up. You can fill out the contact form there. If you want to join the show, just let me know who you are. Give me your email address and we'll make it happen. So thanks awesome. again, Donna, for, for letting me be in on your show. Well, thank you. And Gunny, we love you too. I am so glad we're friends. I'm so glad to meet you. Absolutely. Can't I can't wait to you. see you in Walmart or something. We'll meet someday. <laughs> we sure will. And thank you for watching. I know you could be doing anything you'd like to do, but you're watching us. We definitely appreciate that. You can find us on television, channel 182 on Charter Communications. And abundance television found on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire. Hope you have a wonderful day. Wish the buck was still silver And it was back when the country was strong Back before Elvis, before the Vietnam War came along Before the Beatles and yesterday when a man could still work and still would It's the best of free life behind us now The good time's really over for good I wish Coke was still cola And a joint was a bad place to be It was back before Nixon lied to us all on TV. Before microwave ovens, when a girl could still cook 
and still would. It's the best dog for free life behind us now. The good time's really over for good. I'll be rolling down a hill like a snowball headed for hell. With no kind of chance for the flag or the liberty bell. I wish a Ford and a Chevy would still last ten years like they should. Best of the free life behind us now The good time's really over for good Stop rolling downhill like a snowball headed for hell Thank you, Will. Stand up for the flag and let's all ring the liberty Let's make a Ford and a ship that would still last ten years like the should. Cause the best of the free life is still yet to come. The good times ain't over for good.